Guardian Unlimited. Hello, it's uh, Simon Hoggart here, and I've just arrived in Brighton Station to join my colleague Steve Bell, our country's leading cartoonist, uh, who lives in Brighton. And we're going to look around the city and uh, see some of the sights through Steve's eyes. Welcome to Brighton, Simon. And yes, uh, when people come to Brighton, the best way is by train. It's, very, it's only 50 minutes from London. And you arrive at this wonderful station and people just don't see it, really, because they rush straight out and head towards the sea, which is, of course, a good thing to do in Brighton. But you should pause and take a look because it's, it's a wonderful structure and it's been done up only recently. They spent hundreds of thousands, probably millions on it. And it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful place, a beautiful sweep to it. I think it's the loveliest station on the south coast. Certainly it's magnificent blue girders and glass ceiling bending away towards the north. And so you expect the Orient Express to pull out instead of a, the, the half-hour flyer to London. Do you remember where Oh What a Lovely War was shot? A lot of it was shot in here. When you come out of the station, you can surge straight forward down to the, um, to the sea... Or you can duck sideways and swoop underneath and down Trafalgar Street, which leads you into the North Lanes district, which is a sort of twee shopping district in, uh, in fabulous Brighton. So we're just coming up to that now. The North Lanes, unusually, is spelt with an I, L-A-I-N-E-S. Now, why that is, I don't know. Uh, there's the Lanes, which is the ancient, very narrow sort of alleyways, which is right down near the seafront. This isn't the lanes, this is the north lanes. It's further north, it's more spread out. I don't know why it's called lanes. It's some kind of ancient, quirky, kind of um, Saxon name of a field or something. North Lane is kind of twee. It's all things like head shops and weird ethnic stuff. It's actually great fun to wander around. And uh, I remember a shop, that, for example, that specialised in selling, I think it was 65 different flavours of jelly beans. That's the kind of thing you get in North Lane. Coming up now is uh, uh, Brighton's premier alternative cabaret comedy spot called The Comedia, which is a great big splendid venue where you can see all sorts of acts and uh, it's very lively, contains its own cafe and uh, it's well worth a look How long have you lived in Brighton, Steve? I've lived here 20, 25 years, man and boy since 1981 almost as long as I've been working for The Guardian in fact but uh, yeah, we moved here from Birmingham so yeah, it's not, not a difficult call, that one, I should imagine. No, not really. Uh, well, what drew you to Brighton? Given as, as a cartoonist and with modern electronic communications, you can work just about anywhere you want to in the world. What, what fixed you on Brighton? Well, you remember in those days, there was, this was pre-electronic delivery, so everything had to go on the train. But I, I, mean, I could live, in a sense, as long as it was within easy reach of London. Uh, we had friends in Brighton we used to visit quite frequently. We thought, oh, let's, let's move down here, because we were fed up with Birmingham for a... Well, Birmingham's a difficult place to get on with at the best of times. And we, we were both natives of London anyway, so we thought, oh, give it a whirl. And very glad we did, because it's a very good place to live. Um, they're bounded by the downs on one side and the sea on the other. So it's very easy to get out of Brighton. You can either plunge into the sea or you can just walk up into the downs. 
I like visiting, I must say, because I, I live in London. I like visiting Brighton because it doesn't, it's not trying to be a smaller version of London. A lot of provincial cities will say, oh, we're as good as London because we've got the same kind of restaurants and uh, the same kind of shops. Uh, whereas Brighton is, is, in many ways, very different. It's got wonderful old buildings. It's got seaside, it's got the sea, it's got the downs. And it's got a flavour and a life that's distinctively Brighton. It's not like anywhere else. It doesn't want to be like London. Here we are, we're just coming up to the gates of the pavilion, which of course is the great symbol of Brighton, and it's the symbol the council uses on all the posters and all the um, uh, it's their logo, if you like but it's a wonderful, a wonderful fan- fantasy, sort of chinoiserie and uh, onion domes, and again, that was within the time I've been here it, they spent millions doing the place up it had scaffolding over it for many, many years and finally it came to an end it's all, it's, you can see it in its full splendour now, really well worth a look in there's a you come into the pavilion gardens, which again have been done up. They've done, they spent an enormous amount of money doing the gardens up to make them as they would have been back in the years of the Prince Regent. The, the pavilion itself is, is a glorious thing because it, it's quite intimately scaled. It's, it's, a, it's a sort of small pleasure dome. So it's not, it's not vast, it's just ludicrous. It's, 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 it's utterly fantastic. We turn up here into this alleyway, we're sort of coming towards the lanes, the original lanes, the old ancient lanes, which is very narrow streets packed with um, antique shops, restaurants, cafes, and a load of jewellery shops as well. It's a good place to come and look at jewellery. Tables and chairs outside for al fresco dining. The wind is freezing, blowing straight off the sea through these lanes. The lanes is actually very, very narrow, so the way in is quite sometimes difficult to find. It's just a sort of crack between two buildings but when you get into it it's like a sort of wonderland of um, tiny booths emporiums and shops with like not even the space to allow two people to walk side by side so we'll have to go in single file now if you want to buy a samurai sword or a drum or a high explosive device or an entrenching tool then this is <laughs> the lanes armory is the place for you it's very weird, isn't it? Because most military surplus shops sell jackets and tents and stuff like that. But this is full of ancient Japanese swords and drums that would have led redcoats in the American Revolution. Hang on, you can buy a samurai sword. I think it's 4950. If you've got a spare 5,000 quid, you can walk in off the street and start acting up Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> One of the weirdest things about Brighton is that the West Pier, very, very handsome pier, burnt down several years ago. Absolutely twisted mass of hideous metal. Uh, you could probably sell it as a, um, an art installation for some huge sum. Um, they can't agree what to do with it. Nobody knows whether they want to restore it or knock it down. The money isn't available. And the thing sits there like a horrible blight on the appearance of this very, very handsome city. Really, really sad that they simply can't get their act together and do something about it. As you say, a twisted mass of metal. It's still got a quite a commanding structure to it. You know, it's, it's, it looks impressive. It looks like it's been designed by somebody. Just don't walk anywhere near it. That's no, no, you, can't, you can't because it's completely cut off from land. This is Terra Terra restaurant, which may be the most unusual vegetarian restaurant, well, certainly the most unusual I've ever seen. Uh, admittedly, I'm not a great fan of vegetarian food, but I have been here and it's very, very good. But it has the most... Um, how can I put it, pretentious menu I've ever seen. Let me just read out um, one or two of the dishes that are here. 
Um, there's Moorish Yami Mami, 1385, smoked tomato, caper, and sultana verde pate, a brick, accompanied by argan oil, and whatever that is, and almond scordalia, with spice pack yam waffle and falafel whip, fenugreek leaf and pomegranate bread salad gastrique, cardamom, cinnamon bark, cinnamon bark, saffron, and big bean tagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go in. Let's see if they've got some gribbles there for us. Hello, three? Great, thanks. We've ordered a dish called Rosti that features, um, among many other things, halloumi gribbles. Can you point the gribbles out to us? Gribbles are the little halloumi shavings here that have been fried until crisp. Our interpretation of, of an exotic batter bits, really. Mm-hmm. That's where the, the, the phrase came from. We were always um, fighting over the gribbles, so we thought they'd be <laughs> quite a nice little addition to the top of the dish. This one here is our little sort of naughty Bloody Mary, basically. They're vodka spikes, cherry tomatoes that have been pulped a little bit with celery, salt and organic vodka and celery which is really good with uh, focaccia bread dipped in it. So it's about as different from a seafront chippy as it's possible for one eating so. place to be. With a little twist, yeah. So enjoy your lunch, gentlemen. Thank you. Organic vodka, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the famous Brighton Pier, known to the locals as the Palace Pier, or sometimes the East Pier. Uh, they're very, very proud of the new arrivals. It's got a funfair at the end. Screamer, the Seat of Terror, and the Tower of Terror. So you can go straight from the Seat of Terror to the Tower of Terror. And we've just been to Terror a Terror, the famous restaurant. There's a certain theme to our trip to Brighton. I'm very pro pier. I think the pier's a, a great institution. I'm not particularly mad keen on uh, arcade games and all the rest of it, but it's just nice to come and stand there. And as today, when it, the sea is looking very wild, you can come out and stand on top of a sort of surging mass of water. It's brilliant. And look down between your legs and you can see the foam. So if you're given to um, vertigo, it could be problematic, but it's very good. <laughs> well, we're walking in the direction of home now. I don't know if we're going to get that far. But it's all, it's all one now because um, Brighton and Hove became a city in its own right. So it's the city of Brighton and Hove. And the council offices moved from the town hall here up towards Hove, in, into Hove actually on King's Road. I don't know if you can tell the difference when we move into Hove. It's, Hove is, is um, instead of being sort of higgledy piggledy and winding streets, it's all on a grid pattern. It's all sort of very straight roads and straight avenues. Isn't it known as Hove, actually? Because people would say, oh, you live in Brighton. Hove, actually. Because it's right, a little bit posher, isn't it? It's a bit posher, a bit more sort of genteel and restrained, yeah. We're at the Brighton Centre now, which is the main conference centre. It's a hideous building. Stalin would have been rather proud of it, I think. Why somebody thought it would be a good idea to put it up on this magnificent seascape, I do not know. But for me, it's got very many memories, because it's been where so many... Party conferences were held, so many dramatic moments too that stick in the mind were the election of Neil Kinnock as leader of the Labour Party and then um, in 1984 the Brighton bomb which was uh, a few hundred yards away at the Grand Hotel, Margaret Thatcher making an extraordinary speech the day after they'd tried to assassinate her and she began by saying this is the day I was not meant to see, even if you didn't like Margaret Thatcher, it was quite a goose pimpling moment I remember, I was living in Brighton at the time then, in 84, 
coming to see in the, af- the aftermath because was the front of this very fine old sort of mid-19th century hotel, the left-hand side, just to the left of where the lettering is, from about the fifth, sixth floor up, there was, it was like a sort of claw that sort of wrenched a whole slice of it out. It really was quite shocking to see. What I, I like about Brighton, and there are many things, is that it's always changing whenever you come down. Uh, there's always some new restaurant, there's some new attraction, there's some new buildings going up. Uh, there's a real feel that this is a city that's um, not reinventing itself, that's a pompous way of putting it, but uh, which is always prepared to change. It's not frozen in the past like some British cities tend to be. Well, what I like about Brighton is it's, um, it's a very relaxed place to live. It's been a very good place to bring out the kids. The great thing about Brighton, which sounds a bit negative, but actually because it's bounded on one side by the hills, one side by the sea, we live on the north side. And it's very easy to just walk up the hill and you're out up on the top of the downs and you've got this fabulous view. Um, you can see from like Seven Sisters at the east through to uh, the Isle of Wight in the west. You've got an amazing sort of vista. And the sea, whenever you see I mean, it's a wonderful thing living near the sea. Every time you come down and look at it, it's always different. It just it changes colour, it changes mood, it's just... It's wonderful. It's wonderful in that respect. Guardian Unlimited.